there. You're joining the Wednesday's Child podcast again. You've got Sarah and you've got Debbie today. We've got no guests, but you know what? We don't need you today because we're going to keep your brains ticking over with our conversation. And we're just, we're going to be talking today all about appearance and identity, which is perhaps no great surprise when we are a podcast all about eating disorders. Um, But the thing we thought we would talk about this time is that kind of the step beyond uh, your recovery where you start to think about what your identity is and you start to clothe one's body again, but that kind of new body and um, really consider what your appearance is for your new era, your new healthy self. So I'm going to dive straight into it because Sarah and I are just kind of mad busy with doing this on a, what day are we today, Sarah? It's Monday. Monday. Monday, Monday. So um, we've got limited time, haven't we? But we did want to make sure that we got on and did another podcast episode because I have to say, Sarah, and I, it always gladdens my heart. And I know you get direct messages as well from people that every time we've posted up an episode, people say, oh, God, I really needed to hear that. Oh, my God, I'm so glad you gave us that kick up the arse. I, you know, and of late, we've had so much of that feedback. So I, I feel quite obliged to keep our voice going and keep reminding people that it's so bloody worth it to stick to recovery. Too right, too right. And I'm sat here talking about identity after I've had my, head, my mop chopped. So uh, I've, uh, I've had an identity shift over the weekend as we speak. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't notice. Well, I was thinking, you know, I've been sat here well, twiddling with it, Debbie. I thought any moment she's going to say... <laughs> Okay, um, can we just all rewind? <laughs> wow, was it really long before? No, it wasn't. I've just had a fringe. Look, I've had my fringe put back in and I've just had a couple of inches off the bottom. But I just think that's like a kind of a classic example of what I think you were talking about in your introduction there. Um, because for me, hair has always been like an area to sort of get totally perfect and totally right and oh, wow. having to look um oh try having curly hair it never happens oh goodness <laughs> me but 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 I, I think anything like you know we, we talk we're going to talk, I know we're going to talk about clothes and identity and what have you but I just think even your haircut you know it's yeah. it's a, it's a huge part of of who you are men male female whatever um and sometimes taking the leap to get it extended or get it cut is, yeah. is a real important sign Oh my god, I, I am I am so bad about it. I am this is no joke. And for any of the girls in the hairdressers that I go to that ever watch these episodes, and I know they sometimes kind of say, Oh, I saw you post something on Instagram, there is something known as a Debbie cut. Because a Debbie cut is when I say I want to trim, what I really mean is only an inty winty 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 <laughs> bit. Because if I if you take too much off and I think I've got too much off, then I'll cry or at least get really upset. <laughs> So, um, yeah, they have such thing as a Debbie cut, which is basically a very, very childish trim. I don't think, I don't think they've got a Sarah cut. I'm not sure. I don't, to be honest, I changed my mind that many times. I don't think they'd be able to be, have, a, have anything that was set. Um, I just, for yeah. my hair, I wish I could go colour. I'd love to go, like, colour crazy, like I used to when I was 17, 18. Oh, did um, you? What, like, yeah. colours? Or oh, I was everything. everything you can imagine. Much to my father's disgust. Everything and anything you can imagine. Goodness. I, I guess we should say, you know, that there are a lot of people that end up really suffering as part of their journey with um, an eating disorder. Your hair is one of those kind of crowning glory things that actually, you know, whether you've 
entered into the world of eating disorder because you cared about how you looked or not. And I know that for a lot of people, anorexia is, or anorexia, bulimia, or any other eating disorder is certainly not about body dysmorphia and, and a kind of obsession with appearance. But actually, if, for a lot of people, the harm that the illness does can really rob us of the things that we that represented us initially. So whether that was the long hair that then starts to suffer because of the eating disorder and that lack of nutrition, or whether it's skin. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't suffer, I'm going to touch all kinds of wood now, but um, I didn't suffer kind of acne and, and things like that. But I've known people with severe eating disorders and when I was inpatient there were several people on the ward that had got the most severe um, skin issues and I guess that was just all real malnutrition Um, and yeah I mean kind of lots of things that people have to contend with almost as a byproduct of the eating disorder. Yeah without doubt I mean my hair my hair was really thin. Um, I look back on photographs now and it looks like someone else's head almost. Um, it's like I it look would... at your hair and I always think it's really quite thick. Well, the, see, that's the thing you see is because I do, you know, as a family, we have thick, we have quite like lively hair, I suppose, um, right. bouncy hair. Um, but it would come out in clumps. It would literally like come out in clumps. And when you look back at photographs of me, it it looks, you know, like a, almost like a, a grey kind of colour, not just because I was getting older. Um, I used to have terrible acne under my chin, like that pubescent kind of you know, place where you have it when you're when you're going through your, your puberty in the first instance, and my, it, this the skin on my body was okay, but my hands were dreadful, absolutely dreadful, so mm-hmm. cracked and chipped and dry, and all of it. You know, like you just said, my hair looks bouncy now. My hands, there's absolutely nothing wrong with my hands whatsoever. I don't think there's a spot on my face, and I've done nothing other than eat. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And and I I'm going to caveat with this because there are plenty of people that. I support through befriending and that are part of this community who will say you know I'm well on the way to recovery and the skin issues I have or hair issues I have or whatever are you know not not for the want of trying and all that stuff and I, I understand that and you know there are all sorts of different reasons but I think you're absolutely right I mean for me it was nails and I just always used to be ashamed that I could never have well my my just nails I've just never used to go past the edge of my fingers you know and and a lot of that was just they were so brittle um I've, I've talked before about my osteoporosis but obviously the nails went alongside the kind of weakened bones that I'd I'd created and I still suffer now you'll know those of you that joined us on the live that um I I have eye infections quite a lot and I'm sure a lot of that is when I get you know a bit run down a bit stressed out maybe but I never did prior to my eating disorder have any kind of eye eye infection and I remember speaking to one eye specialist and he was saying oh I see on your notes about your eating disorder and he was saying about the kind of damage of the dehydration on what the harm it had caused through like my eyes never being properly hydrated and um so I don't know like how much you know we we sort of create legacies don't we of of how we look and feel and how our body responds I think for mine though from a hopeful point of view is that for me anyway and for lots of people that I speak to that that took that leap of faith to, to go that next stage you know we talk about don't we all in recovery versus I'll give my all to recovery so those people that oh, give their oh, all quick, quick advert tease sorry she says interrupting but some of you will know on social media a few days ago I did ask if anybody's doing all in or has done all in 
Um, we'd love to chat to you. This that's just an episode I'd really love to cover off on on the podcast at some point. But for some reason, I'm just I, I remember asking last year and got no response whatsoever. So if you're listening to this podcast and you know somebody that's done all in, and you or you have yourself, and you are very happy to come and have a chat, you can tell us it was crap. You can tell us you, it didn't work for you. you can, but I, I just I I don't know somebody directly that it's worked really well for? I don't really. Um, not saying it's a negative thing or a positive thing. I, th- I think the, the folks that I've seen on Instagram that have gone all in um, tend to have done it for reasons that maybe weren't eating disordered or weren't supposed oh, to be eating okay. disordered in the first place. Right. Um, but but there will be there will be countless folks out there that have been really successful with it. And maybe like like many, many people, once you are successful with, with recovery, you distance yourself from the community. You know, it's that it's one That's of those possibilities, true. isn't it? That yeah. we, we've hung around because we established a bit of a voice and, yeah. you know, we, we, we enjoyed, you know, supporting folks. But I do think there's many people out there that probably recover and then never want to go back and never want to think about it again. Yeah, absolutely. So clothes then. Tell me a little bit about your journey with clothes and what happened with the kind of things you were selecting at the time and then when you knew that, oh my goodness, I'm shopping as a whole new woman and I really am recovered. I think mine definitely went through waves, waves of types of clothes and what have you. And then there was a definite period where yet I'm recovered now and I do think I've entered another period at the minute of like oh my goodness you know I'm, I'm 45 soon what what the hell <laughs> where do I go for clothes now um so, and so I do think there's an element of this kind of dressing yourself that is forever morphing and changing but I've spoke before how when I was really really poorly and didn't realize that I was poorly my wardrobe was really kind of overtly sexual quite like you know tight clothes mm-hmm. short skirts high heels very power dressy very feeling like I had to look a certain way and 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 be a certain way in order to attract any kind of I don't know authority or purpose or attention um and then when I was poorly and was diagnosed and sent away it was almost like that gave me permission to get the tracky bottoms back out again so there was maybe two or three years where I just wore head to toe black gray might have been another color I remember I had this cardigan that I used to always wear like a cardigan I don't have many cardigans now so maybe that's maybe that's one one clothing I've ditched since being recovered but um I had this big thick gray cardi it was horrible but I used to wear it all the time because it kind of covered everything and it just made me rectangular there was no like element so I went from being overtly horrendously horribly like sexy and uh, and then just wanted to be like this rectangle <laughs> oh excuse me I love the way you cringe at talking about yourself in that Sort of but it's self. like but I think the reason why I ask I don't it's not it's not about being a sexy self like you know I'll, I'll wear nice undies and whatever you now but it's about like feel I think my, my cringe is feeling like I had to project in a certain manner and and like the illness having me so wrapped up in what that was like in order to be who I who I thought I needed to be but actually that was rubbish who I needed to be was just me in the things and the clothes that that just made me feel comfortable um but I had a recovery well I had an illness uniform like I think we all do if you look around if you're listening to this and you're in day services have a quick skeggy around the room and I can guarantee put folks you probably all look quite similar because you're comfy and you're in your leggings and and you've you've got a recovery job to do 
Yeah, mine was leggings and grey cardigan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, funny. And long coats. And scarves and hats and gloves because oh, I was always cold regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah anything actually, to keep me warm. my mum buy me thermal vests from Damart and me actually not caring and thinking, yep, yeah, I need this. Oh, hey, Damart vests on. Yeah, I've still got them in the drawer, actually. I think they actually were my grands. I think my mum got them out of the loft from when my grand passed. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't get much sexier than a Damart vest from your nana, does it? Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Best. Oh, and the reliance on your hot water bottles and everything else. But jeans were for me for like that symbol of like the recovered body. It was a big thing for me to get back into jeans um, and not black jeans, blue jeans. I've I've talked to a lot of people that I befriend about purchasing jeans and things. What do you think it is? And this, I I guess this is relatable, even if you've never had anything disorder, because anybody that's ever shopped for jeans, I think... You're more aware of your figure in jeans, aren't you? You have yeah. to think about where it cinches you in or doesn't or whatever, whatever kind of fit it is. I I think that's probably it with jeans. <laughs> I know, I don't know about you, but even sometimes I, I forget quite what my jeans feel like until I've got them out the wash again. And then they it's got they've got a new renewed <laughs> feeling about them. And it's like, oh, that's how you're meant to feel. Isn't well, it? that's the thing, is that you can feel that you're wearing jeans, whereas even just work trousers or, or a, a work dress or whatever, you sort of, they just skim your body in a way, but you can feel that you're in jeans. And I also think for me, jeans are so unpredictable from a size point of view. So if you're if you're going through recovery and you're almost, you're in that stage where you're not actually in recovery properly because you're putting a cap on, you know, I'll recover up to a size 10, I recover up to a size 14, whatever. Whereas you can't do that with jeans because wherever you go, You'll be a, a 14 in one place. You'll be a 36 somewhere else. You'll be a, a something. Yeah, something. Okay. So there's no predictability about it. And and like you've just said there, you know, they're not, there are seven billion different types of genes that do seven different types of things for your body. And I was looking at something the other day. So I'm a bit of an ASOS fiend because I just like to go on one thing and then find lots of different brands. And, and I quite like that about ASOS. So if I was, you know, whereas I think I'd run out of options if I just had to shop in one store all the time. But when I was looking at ASOS, I could see that you've got all different types of jeans. So there was like the mum jean, there was the flare jean, there was the bootleg jean, there was the skinny jean, there was the ultra skinny jean, there was the stretch jean, there was, you know, and it would just actually is all kind of like, as you say, really, really quite overwhelming. But also if you pick that variation or that particular style, you might want a, you know, a 12 in that one, but you might want a 18 in the other one, but even though your body is the same, it's just. And that was a big thing for me when you said at the beginning, you know, what, when did you start to feel like your healthy brain had, had started to take over in terms of clothing and what you felt like in clothing? It was when the labels became less of a thing. So well, I had. If a... somebody could have handed you a, a pair of jeans and as long as you put them on and hadn't, clocked like what the number was yeah it, it would have just mattered to you what the fit was yeah so I had to go through a process of ignoring labels and then trying to work out that labels are a thing so you can't just cut them out you have to actually look at them but kind of work through all of that process and for me it was when I was loaning some dresses off a friend I had an event on and a friend um dresses beautifully and I just said oh I haven't got any cash I don't suppose you could loan me a dress and she brought me all these dresses around mm-hmm. and I tried to buy them and I chose a dress and I didn't even think twice and it wasn't until after the event and I thought oh 
I wonder what I wonder what size it was. And it was about two sizes bigger than the size that I would usually buy. Wow. And I remember that was a big thing of like, well, they're obviously bullshit. They obviously mean nothing because I've been incredibly comfortable in this borrowed dress all day. And I felt great in this borrowed dress all day. And the reason I didn't look at the labels because I didn't feel like I needed to, because it was about me feeling good rather than me trying to be this prescriptive form of me. Yeah. Um, and that was a real eye opener of actually, you know, these, these things we get so hung up about, they're nothing. They, they don't mean anything. What does mean something is, I mean, I'm sat here, right? <laughs> if you, if you watch this on YouTube, I've got a stripy jumper on. This is my mother-in-law's. Okay. I'm not wow. proud. If people are giving stuff away and it looks like it'll fit me, I will have it. My sister's always joking. She'll bag up stuff for the charity shop. And I'm like, oh, when, before that goes away, let me have a look through. Um, but before, no chance, especially when, when I was in the early stages of my recovery, because, I mean, this is stripy. You're not supposed to wear horizontal stripes, they tell you, don't they, on, the, on all these fashion shows. But I just quite like this jumper. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it was when it stopped being about me wanting to either hide myself or totally show myself and me realizing that these labels they're just nothing they don't mean anything so true and and actually what I noticed once I was well into recovery was when you aren't caring so much and you're just focusing on comfort alone that the the kind of extra bit of energy that kept you quite miserable like from the minute you got up you know that kind of sense of just feeling a bit down and grumpy actually that all lifted because if I was just in a body and in an outfit that felt good on it, it didn't really matter Did I you know didn't really think about other things and it takes a while to get there I mean it really does one of the things I don't know whether you so I'm not, okay I know I'm talking to a particular gender here but uh, the whole underwear thing so having to return to bra wearing and I think almost like you've talked before about do you almost make it an honor to be able to buy kids clothes in the same way I think I've got used to being the person that didn't need an adult bra and actually when I did need one it was both kind of liberating and a bit of a oh I'm exiting my illness here yeah. you know there's a, there's that kind of conflict in your head isn't it and I think you have to stay on the right side of that all the time you have to say no 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 the thing that you were doing over there that going and shopping in the children's wear and not wearing underwear that was the bit that was wrong the bit that, that is right and is healthy is you dressing for your body I don't think there's I, you know I have an issue I have not an issue no I do have an issue with the whole wearing of children's clothes and I got into trouble about a year or so ago on Instagram because of it and um somebody um gave you a bit of stick yeah I got a proper battering um and I appreciate there are going to be some people in this world who can buy children's clubs my thing is that they're not designed for adults so if you're walking into a shop and you're making your way to the children's section there is something about you as an adult unless you absolutely are that tiny 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 percentage of people who can or choosing to wear a 10 year old clothes there is something going on in your head that's stopping you from turning left to go to the adult female section and, and there um, is a distinction because I think if if you're getting a hoodie because you are that tiny size and you are naturally that size and that's where you are and you know that a kid's hoodie is 15 quid cheaper and you know 
it's kind of I don't know the, the teenage size I don't know I I can I can understand why somebody would buy a casual sweatshirt which actually is the same as it would be in an adult woman's size I could see why you might end up doing that but I absolutely get that if it's a conscious choice to keep yourself purchasing from the children's wear section have a word with but I also think it's, a, it's another trapping of that eating disorder voice or people have come back to me and said yeah well it's it is cheaper and you know they've got a great selection and and and, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to save money and I get that we're all trying to save money but really like is that your healthy voice saying to you you need to only shop in the children's section because you're saving money or is there something else is there another conversation in your head about like I've said I've said plenty of times I used to buy children's clothes and I used to wear it with a real badge of honor look at me I'm in the kids section I was a 38-year-old woman. Why did I want to be in the kids section? You know, I've got little Especially tiny when feet. when you've got a daughter. Well, exactly. Kind of rapidly at your heels, like, you know, wanting to wear those clothes. Exactly. I should not be getting proud because I'm in the same sort of clothes as my, my daughter is. I, I, shout me down again, everybody. You know, send me whatever you want to send me. But I think if you are choosing to shop in a child section, there is something else going on in your head. And the whole point of recovery is that you are starting to get back into an adult body and you're starting to get back into an adult mind and adult way of life. And you're not going to do that if you're constantly shopping with for children's clothes. And I think when you hit on that, it's almost along the lines of where we talk about people who need to have gluten-free products or you know this that the other intolerant blah 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 there is a certain section that absolutely of the population that recovered or not absolutely need those products to keep their you know gastrointestinal issues under under wraps and whatever but then there's also the bit of just check on yourself are you doing this and purchasing from over here in these food aisles because you're trying to keep yourself in your eating disordered world and I think you've got to look at the clothes purchasing in exactly the same way yeah definitely without doubt and then the flip side pushing yourself when you know you're ready to do that be it the jeans shopping be it the bra shopping be it whatever it is that you know to really throw yourself into this next stage of recovery will be a massive sign to your people and for yourself and for your own mind that right this is this this is different I'm starting to really really look like the woman the man who I know ultimately recovery is going to let me look like yeah and and I I'm you know not going to speak for everyone else but actually for me I started to realize I wanted to have that adult woman's body so I didn't we talked about that word sexy didn't we it wasn't kind of about over sexualizing my clothes choices or anything but actually I wanted to buy nice things for myself I spent a long time being fearful of money fearful of doing anything nice for myself and all that sort of thing so I did start to give myself a little bit of love and enjoy the process and I think that that is the thing I would say to anybody that's in recovery see that as something that you're writing down or taking the pictures for your mood board and saying actually that bit is one of those kind of positive recovery bits that you should really embrace and find find a buddy find the equivalent of a me and Sarah that you know will want to go with you and we'll probably have to endure maybe a little bit of a wobble and a, you know a slight kind of angst about doing something you haven't done for a while or finding a new you staring back in the mirror but anybody who's seen you through your journey will absolutely want to kind of help you along the way. We're going to have to wrap up today because Sarah and I have got really, really busy start to the week. But we're going to end this one 
on a comment and a suggestion that you get in touch if this is of interest to you. So we've spent all of this episode talking about identity, clothes, appearance, um, beauty, looking after ourselves, hair, makeup, all the rest of it. And therein lies an opportunity. It lies an opportunity to do a Wednesday's Child exclusive event where you guys can come along in your appropriate stage in your recovery journey and say, do you know what? I am wanting to spend a day finding out a little bit more what my recovered body should be styled like, how I could pamper myself from a beauty point of view, from a clothing point of view, and just get some also some tips from people that have recovered and found their style and identity post an eating disorder. So we're going to put that on as, as an event for you. And we think it's going to be loads of fun. And I think I think what we'll do is we'll do one down south and one up up north. Should I say oop north? Oop north. Up north. Yeah, up definitely. North. Definitely have one up here, without we'll doubt. Do, we'll do one in the north and one in the south. Um, so if that is something that you think you would like to do, then send uh, a message to us. So just send it to the general Wednesday's Child email address. That's hello at wednesdayschild.co.uk. And um, just put in the subject box, star me happy. And uh, we will just come back to you with the details of our thoughts on that. And it may be that that's not going to take shape for a couple of months. So don't panic about kind of your COVID fears and the fact that you're worried about those kind of things or planning over Easter. It's, it, we're not going to be doing it as imminently as Easter, but it is something we really want to get in the diary just as one of those things that we have talked about doing in 2022. And uh, now it seems a really good opportunity to get something in the diary and plan to do it with our first cohort of people. So without further ado, I'm going to wrap up now and thank you all very much for joining and look out for another live from us in the next few days. Please send suggestions for the lives because when you haven't suggested, we often get, start our podcast recordings or our lives and we start there and end up with the first couple of minutes going, what we're going to talk about. So you can help steer that, steer around the subject suggestions for us. Once again, if you want to get in touch, it's hello at wednesdayschild.co.uk. Take care of yourselves. Keep going with your recovery journey. It's the only way out is through. Thanks a lot.